Welcome back to Push Push. I'm Danielle Davis. Alongside Shannon Kessler. Oh, new intro. And oh, we, I know. I thought, you know, 2023, we're going to do some new things. <laughs> and we are Push Push, uh, your girlfriend's guide to Formula One racing. Clearly, we're out of practice. Shannon's just giving me a new <laughs> intro and throwing me off. <laughs> just going to see how nimble you are. Cha, cha, cha. I was ready to not, go. <laughs> You're like, no, no, not no. expecting that. <laughs> Uh, welcome back, friends. Um, we know that we've been on a bit of a hiatus. Yeah, it feels like we have also been on winter break and we just said, bye. <laughs> we go. have not been skiing the Swiss Alps like sweet, sweet Charles Leclerc nope. or, or on tropical vacations, but we're... Or, you know, romping around in Antarctica with Sean White like my boy Louis has been doing. Oh, I haven't That's, seen that. Yeah. But did you know oh. that Sean White dates Nina... Do- Dober? Yes, who is also a badass snowboarder. And oh. if you want to head over to Lewis's Instagram, he's got some video of it. There's also a photo. We'll 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 dive into what we're gonna talk about later, but this is important. So <laughs> Sean White apparently a couple weeks ago posted a like little clip in his stories. Lewis is in the hot tub. Sean's in the hot tub. Nina's in the hot tub. Who but else is in the hot tub? Get a little glimpse of there being possibly a honey on Lewis's lap. Oh, you see an outline of like what looks like could be a knee, or like some like somebody is sitting on Lewis's lap, and you're and like, it's not Roscoe. It's not Roscoe. <laughs> no, no, Lewis. Tell us who you're furry. dating. And I was like, ooh, okay, okay, we're hooking up with. I don't know, but I've followed along on this Arctic adventure. They were on a yacht. They were getting helicoptered onto the mountains, skiing down, doing death-defying craziness. You can't ski in Antarctica, can you? I don't know. Wherever they fucking were, it was cold and there was an iceberg and like they were on a yacht, but there was skiing involved. It doesn't feel like they were in Antarctica. I'll go back. Hold on. Hold on. I'll I'll look. You you go ahead. I'm going to double check. Oh, I don't really have much. You know I'm creative with my facts. Yeah. It just was like, that seems, I feel like we need the fact checker like they do on. um, Yes, we do. Armchair expert at the end to be like, that's not right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. We have not been on, on holiday. We've just been taking a little time off for, for the holidays. Yeah. But we did not, you know, swap houses like Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet. We did not go on holiday um, like any of our F1, uh, you know, drivers. Yeah. Hold on. I just principles. want to clarify. They were in Antarctica and there were, they were skiing and doing mountain things. Oh, okay. I just, Look I didn't that. know that you beautiful, could. Beautiful, beautiful soul. I didn't know you could do mountain things in Antarctica. Now I know. Oh, yeah. Consider me corrected. I was wrong. Hmm. Look at that. Lewis teaching okay. his things on and off. Well, he's always teaching us stuff. So yeah, we have just been a little MIA, um, but we didn't really have a ton to talk about. And, but now that, you know, the guys are getting back, getting back at the plants, they're getting back, you know, with the team and we figured we'd get the team back together. And by the team, we just mean us. That's just, (laughs) although we could use some help. (laughs) Exactly. We, we clearly, we we could use some help. We We need some video production. (laughs) We need some social content. I've got some great direction, just need good execution. Uh, Probably an editor that could make us sound better than what we sound like. So, you know, it's a tall order, but we, um, Pay in wise nuggets of wisdom. That's yeah, all we can well, afford. 
And my my <laughs> which is my, why we have no other help. <laughs> exactly. But I, I do have a good wisdom on why we took a little bit of a pause because Oh, you I've, do. Oh, oh, you're gonna I bring do. sage wisdom yeah. to this. Okay, sage I love that. Wisdom. Thank you. And advice, what I'm known for. Uh because in life, you should never force the fit, right? Like not with the relationship, a friendship, a ponytail, a yoga pose. If it feels forced, you gotta just let it go. And we didn't want to force the fit being in no, the no, F1 no. space without things to talk about. So we just you know, yeah, and like, don't make Shannon us. think you think that we're like we didn't have a friendship. She was like, "Don't force the fit with the friendship." No, oh, yeah, no, no, no. We still been, we still, still been hanging, we're hanging out off the grid. <laughs> off the grid. Uh, it's not a. That's not the issue. We that's just not needed it. to. I'm just giving time, you life advice at this point, guys, for free. You know, yeah. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> don't force the fit. <laughs> She's our Lewis Hamilton. Speaking of Lewis Hamilton, yes. did I or did I not get you the absolute best Christmas present of all time? Hopefully we make a little clip out of this because we need yes, to put this out on the internet. Did. Look at I, this. I got a plus 44 hoodie. I will show you the back. Hold, please. No, not give not a spin. Good. Give us a spin. Give a closet spin for everyone. Okay. You can. Yeah, it is. This is Lewis Hamilton's fancy merch. I got a drop. I, this is the third drop. I think, was it the second or the third drop? I think it's the third drop. And I just really timed it up well. And when you want to get your friend something special, you got to time it to the drops. So (laughs) I got her this premium sweatshirt. I love it so much. I hope I was like, hoping praying that it would fit because there's no returns once you buy yeah. the drop it's yours it's so. yours to do with it as you wish yeah um, yeah and as I someone you win. and this is like i love like when we did our our unboxing of our gifts i i had tears i was like oh my god this is so amazing i the, tried to get the sweatshirt and i didn't make the drop so i, was I got the drop so excited that it it made its way to me and i was so happy about that and as someone who uh, really appreciates and has, you know, quite a bit of F1 merch in my wardrobe, I- I'm going to tell you this is by far my favorite. It's I premium like merch. my Daniel Ricardo merch, but this is a better fit. Mm. It's well, as, as to the grid, <laughs> as in merch, as to the grid. <laughs> But, a better fit overall. <laughs> overall. I also need to do like a wellness update for you guys to give you um, an update on my plants because you know I've got two fiddle leaf plants. Do you Lewis think that people have really Hamilton. been worried about the plants? I'm curious. Like, you guys wanna, I'm going to tell you because I'm I'm excited to share the news. And then I have one. I don't know what it's called, but it's the, it's Daniel Ricardo, and it's the one I had to replant. And then and when it I died replanted, the... <laughs> no, it didn't die. Remember when I replanted it? All like he was doing better on the grid, and then I got nervous because he left Formula One. Like it's you know taking a break this year, and I was like, crap. But you guys, I have to repot Daniel Ricardo again because he has grown two new sprouts out of him that are now like big stalks. I'm going to, I'm going to show you guys on the stories, but I'm so proud of this plant. Like Daniel Ricardo is thriving. thriving. Is he? (laughs) Yes. All he needed was to spread his wings. Like F1 was just stifling him a little bit. So now we're going to revisit that in the news and notes about Daniel Ricardo. Uh, Yeah. But just, you know, my Lewis plant had lost all but one leaf before like when we went on vacation and came back and I was like oh god I killed Lewis and this is terrible are we still talking about these plants I am because I have to give you this update I'm very proud because a I haven't killed them and b (laughs) they're doing better but I came home and Lewis had one leaf and now Lewis has four Hamilton thriving month upon thriving upon thriving he's doing great 
But well, Lewis, like, we really nursed him back to health because I was like, oh, God, I can't be I can't kill Lewis. You know, I feel like my voodoo goes it transcends beyond the plants. So I'm like, OK, well, you can tell that we needed something to focus on because Shannon just <laughs> did a really long bit about her plants. <laughs> so if you were following along and you wanted to know, now you have an update. If well, not, I, you could fast forward. <laughs> now, you know, <laughs> now you know. Um, but yeah, so we've just been, we've just been live, laugh, loving. And honestly, we haven't been on the socials as much because you know that the socials damn near broke us at one point. We <laughs> were having a hard time with the haters and we got back in the game. Um, and now we're back, we're ready for the new season. You know, we're going to go back into the, into the garage. We're going to get our stuff together. Yes. We're going to get the social contents exactly. get a new strategy. Um, yeah, we could use a team principal, but that's neither here nor there, you know, you know help wanted cruising along. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so for today's thing, we really just wanted to catch up. We're going to do some news and notes, but I, yes, love that talking about something that's just F1 adjacent. Mm. Uh, I know you, you kind of, you got me onto this, although I was going to watch it because Netflix told us to, um, let's talk about Breakpoint for a hot second. Let's talk about tennis because tennis is Shannon's other true love. I mean, (laughs) it really is plays (laughs) a lot of tennis. Um, and my okay, so I did say we watched Breakpoint, which is the new F one or is the new F one Netflix documentary by Box to the Box about um the Back to series on yeah. following the up and coming rising well, they're stars. Not really up tennis. and coming. Some of them are. Some of them I mean, are like they're like the newer faces that you're yeah. seeing. Yeah. So we But they're we're, like still ranked number two in the world yeah, and stuff. They're amazing. It's not like they're unknown. It's just they're not the Serena's and the Nadal's and the Rogers and like, like you know. The, Djokovic and like the names that have that's been it. Andy Murray, synonymous that's it. Like, in the past, you know, 10, 20 years with tennis. Now we're getting to see like, what is this new crop bringing to the table? And boy, it doesn't disappoint. I knew within the first 30 <laughs> seconds, I was going to love this show. Just the way that box to box just like drills it in. And you're like, also is the so owner good. of box to box Australian? Cause we always be starting with Australians. That's a great question. I would love to have them on the show on the pod. Like if, I don't know if they listen. I know sometimes they like to like our things on the, on the ground. I don't think they listen, but they do follow us on the ground. They do follow us on the ground, which is great. Uh, Just curious. I have so many questions. I would like answered for this, but. Well, my big question is, is the main, is the big dog Australian? Because we're starting with another Australian who I found generally unlikable. Um, (laughs) So the series kicked off really the same way. Uh, Drive to Survive did for me, just with like a mm, don't love them, but um, but I love the show, so that's it's all good. I'm gonna ask you this: Do you not like Nick because of his personality or because of how he t- how he plays tennis? Oh, I love how he plays tennis. Okay. I think how he okay. plays tennis is awesome. I think he just seems kind of like, and I respect, I respect that we're talking about uh, curious, uh, curious. Mm-hmm. Um, I respect how. Um, I respect like his personality and things like that. I just think he seems to be a bit immature. Um, and I think he just acts a little bit juvenile for somebody who's not like, I think he still acts like he's like 22 and like, he's, he's clearly not. Um, I respect like he took time off for mental health things. And I respect that he only plays a certain amount of, um, tournaments a year and all that kind of thing. I just think that he, I don't know. He, I think he just comes across as a general human being as quite juvenile. 
I kind of have the vision with this kid that like something super traumatic happened to him and that's where he emotionally stopped growing. Yeah, I think it had to have been like early 20s because I agree with you that he does seem like a very immature person who just doesn't understand how to fit in and like how his talent and how his personality can actually coexist it's like yeah it's like a superhero that doesn't know that he's not a superhero kind of thing it's like Clark Kent Superman I don't know how to deal with either either of these two things together um so it's generally very entertaining to watch play tennis I mean I think some of the outbursts but they all do that and I think they can just like point make someone be the villain or whatever and I respect like that I don't care about I just think he seems like kind of juvenile and annoying and like I wouldn't I feel like if I was a fellow tennis player I had to get kind of annoyed with him now I did love his doubles partner and I saw that he played the other day and took uh, Andy Murray to five sets and it was like the longest match of all time not all time I don't know just very long match and I was into that um but anyways I just like the Australian connection of it all just seems he's I feel like they tried to start and be like this guy's gonna be your this is gonna be your Daniel Ricardo and I was like no he's not well I mean actually yes he is actually yes he is because I don't like him the Daniel Ricardo I feel like he is little like it's just too try hard. And Daniel Ricardo is a try hard, but it seems more authentic. That's, that's what I, that's what I said. <laughs> Daniel Ricardo doesn't lose his shit. Like, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. not, it's more authentic. I like, think in, in the terms of television, Curios makes for great TV because you're like, what the hell did I just see? Like, not just like an athletic stance, but also the personality, like when it flips and Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde comes out and you're like, what the fuck? What? Did he just say that? What is happening? Like, I think that that is like the I can't not watch aspect of him. And I think that Box Box is really smart where they're like, you got to start with this guy because now you're invested and you're like, if it yeah, was but somebody not... sweet and tame, I don't know that you'd, you'd be like, okay. Cool, uh, they could have started with episode two. I would have watched. That was the one with um, Mateo. Oh, um, told, I always want to call him the pasta brand. And I know that's tea, the end is uh, Barantini. Barantini. Yeah. Um, I thought I, they should have started with that one. I found him compelling. I found his girlfriend. They're now broken up. Compelling. I they broke up. Yeah, they broke up. Oh, they broke up. I really like them. I love. Yeah, they, <laughs> I like them too. Um, some of our oh, friends wait, did <laughs> did not like them at all. Although they needed oh, really? to clean up that fucking hotel room. If you guys oh have gosh. watched this, there is the anxiety I got from watching their hotel room. There's so much shit everywhere. I'm like. Did the cleaning people not come by? Do you, are you guys not letting the cleaning people come in? Because even the cleaning people will usually just like arrange your, sh- they'll just like tighten your shit up. They may not like mess with it, but they'll like stack it, you know? Yeah. The amount of shit in that hotel room. I was like, someone make the bed. Someone like make, make sense of all of the, you guys are slobs. Yes. Like where is your assistant or your manager or your friend or your mom or someone to come in and pick up your shit? Cause you guys both need to get it together. But otherwise I find them delightful. Agreed. <laughs> uh, when they pan to the room and I, I feel like the camera person was like, I don't think you guys get it because like, we saw the same pan over and over and over. Like I was like, this camera guy is really obsessed with this particular pile of shit on top of the floor. But I'm like, ooh, oh, it was, I was like, <laughs> I was like, would someone just watch. give me 15 minutes in that hotel room to clean up just their tidy shit. it up. Just it just needed to be tidy. Yes, <laughs> it was Oof. so. Un- okay, but anyways, crazy. more as a like we wanted to talk about this more <laughs> as about how one that they're so talented and two. How, what do we think like, 
this well do you think that this is going to like do for tennis what it did to f1 i don't think so but i do think it's going to raise the profile of some of these players okay this is a very interesting question because there's two different scopes to look at what drive to survive did for formula one was really bring in an american viewer tennis has had an american viewer for a long a much longer time than formula one has had like a casual fan so to speak yeah Um, definitely but also i think Drive to Survive didn't just create casual fans; it created obsessive fanatics yeah, with it, with the sport. Obviously, which is something completely different than I think in the world of tennis that you really can do. Um, I mean, you can be fanatical about anything, sure, but like I think in tennis, it's more you do get to know these people because it is just them. It's not like a team mentality, and it's yeah, you know, the revolving tried- spots are always you know they're they're similar, but they're pretty the same. It's- you know, like you kind of know who's gonna be number one or number two or even top 10, um, you know, is it going to do the same thing it did for tennis as it did? No, but I do think that tennis is, um, again, we've had more exposure to tennis than we did Formula One, but I think it, what we like now is the insight to people and insight into like what it is that they go through. And I found they were, I thought a lot of these athletes were super open about like their, ability their inability to manage the stress and the pressure and like needing time off and i i appreciated the honesty behind that and i it really made me think about like just professional athletes as a whole like i don't know that they're like normal you know what i mean like their their ability to hyper focus on like one small aspect is if that was happening in an everyday life, like you would be spending a lot of time with your therapist to work through, like, why are you? Well, they all have, this? yeah, yeah, but that's like the drive of an athlete. And I'm like, are is that? Are, did we do that as a society? Like, we put these athletes at such a high pedestal where it was like. But I it's think okay tennis is totally. I think tennis is totally different though. I mean, I do think that there's like that mental thing in any sport. I think it's similar, probably in Formula One, but I think it's totally different in tennis. I was at actually talking about this the other day because at tennis, like you can't be coached. Like even in formula one, you can talk to somebody while you're doing it. Like tennis, they're not allowed to be like coached while they're there. And it's like, it's not like golf where you're competing against a bunch of people at the same time, but you're really just competing against yourself. It's not like, I think it's just a, there's a different mind, like a mind fuck basically in tennis. It's not like you don't have a team. I mean, you have like a coach, but they're not allowed to coach you while you're playing tennis. It's not like golf where you're playing against a bunch of people, but you're essentially playing against yourself because you're face to face with your opponent. It's not like formula one where they can be in your ear. You're passing one person, you're switching. There's other people involved in it. It's like I mean, it's swimming. It's like you by yourself, but you don't even have to like look necessarily at the person and it's over so fast. Even if you're in a long event, it's over so fast. Tennis, you're like for three hours, two hours, like staring down somebody going back and forth. And it can be just like such a, I think the like mind fuck in tennis is totally different than in almost any other sport. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think, I think you nailed it. I mean, it it is the mental aspect of tennis is what makes you, you know, the difference between an elite player and a really strong tennis player. Yeah. I mean, even in golf, you can like, you have your caddy to talk to, like there's yeah. more engagement like this. It's just like you to you and you're like staring straight like, across at somebody If and they frust- could mess with you. Like, 
yeah, if the frustration comes out, it's happening on your racket or it's going down, you know, with a line judge or something. And you're like, that's can't do that either. Cause then you get, you know, scoffed at in the media or they're like, that's, you know, you're not allowed to use those words. And it's like, if my coach was here, this is who I would be. Yeah. They yell on the mic and then they're like, okay, it's going to be okay. And you're like, okay, fine. Whatever. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Let's reset or whatever. But there's like none of that like back and forth. You're just like out yeah. there on an island, basically. Yeah. I was so. just really blown away at I mean, I was appreciated how honest they were, but it just made me think like, gosh, the amount of I mean, I know pressure from all athletes, but again, this is the the video or the docuseries that we're watching. So it's like ah, the pressure. And I don't I mean, I don't know. It just there's just something about it that I was like, uh, are we missing people up by making like sports such a priority? Because I don't think this is normal. <laughs> but I don't think in, I think it's totally different because in tennis, like we I watched like three episodes and three people were like, I think I need to retire. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, you don't watch anything else where people are like, oh, I had a bad game. And they're just like, I'm fucking retiring. Yeah, I'm retiring. <laughs> like 23. And they're like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> like, oh, and then three days later. Okay. I'm back in. I'm out of retirement. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So. I did find it really interesting to have the female perspective because we haven't seen a lot of that in the drive to survive because we don't have female drivers. So what we did see and the female perspective on that side was people involved behind the scenes in the sport or loosely or adjacent, you know, in it, but not actual athletes. So watching um, these female competitors show their side and like what they have to sacrifice and what they go through. And I just thought it was so interesting that, you know, I didn't know this, that only three women have been able to oh, have a baby, have children and then come back and win a major. And I'm like, yeah, that's wild. I didn't, I didn't realize it was that small. Um, So it is, again, to have the female perspective and that side of a story. I'm curious. And again, if Fox the Box was here, I'd like to ask him this question. Like, how was that different for, you know, for you guys to film this and like to get that perspective? Because we haven't seen that yet in anything that you've produced. Yeah, well, let's ask. But they're not here to answer it, so I'm just, you know, going to ask it to the universe (laughs) and see if it comes back. (laughs) At the end of the day, you guys should watch this. It's super good. Um, it's very compelling. Yeah, I bet you'll like it. Come and tell us like who your favorite. Mine is Paula Badosa because she's a bad bitch. Oh, she is. Um, but she's not doing so so great right now. I mean, she's dropped down the rankings a little bit. I like that. I I tapped in to see. Yeah, I started following them on social. I was like, ooh, ooh, this is great. And you, her, and her boyfriend are stunning. Ooh, which, who's the, uh, he's the guy from Florida. Uh, oh gosh, he's the American. I forget his name, but he, he and his girlfriend, they're like, we're building our brand. Oh, and that's, I was they're like, not from Florida. They're from California. Tyler. Oh, California. Okay. Okay. The Friss um, or whatever. Yes, that's mm-hmm. the one. I was like, that's He's enough. from California. I was eye rolling that one the entire time. I was like, I can't. <laughs> oh, I, I don't he's know why. Like... I was just like, Ooh, no thanks. <laughs> I mean, they both look like Abercrombie models, like, so it's just it like looks old like school a, Abercrombie models. Yeah. Like a copy and paste of like, they're very Ken and Barbie. Yeah. Oh, you didn't like him. I found, I didn't no. find, think they were that annoying. No. I thought they were super annoying. I kind of want to go to Indian Wells now, but I'm, I'm here for the trip. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I'm always here for a trip. We also need to figure out where we're going to go this year. I think we should go to Montreal. Okay. Uh, okay. Montreal but- it is. Let's go. All right. So let's get, let's go back to the F1 beat. Cause that's what this podcast <laughs> yeah. is about. Right. This is the my dad did go, formula one. My dad Not, goes, are you guys going to start a, a tennis podcast now? And I'm like, Oh dad, no, no. Shut up. <laughs> although 
I we're mean, not. I'm not. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I can't commit that no. much time. <laughs> I've popped into a little bit of Australian Open, and I was like, "This is fun," but I like that they narrow it down into like yeah. palatable stuff. I could watch a race all day, every day, but I can't watch all these tennis matches. Sorry. That's so a, no, no best lot of time. No it's tennis. I'm going to play the tennis. I'm not going to talk about the tennis. <laughs> I mean, I could talk about like the, maybe like the round of eight on, but like but beyond that, I, it's too many people. Yeah. Okay. Let's do some news and notes. Let's catch back up with F1. Let's get news into the and notes. So that Let's we can be ready. And we need like Oh, I can do that. Okay. Okay. All right. So here's kind of a, a big one. This has just been coming out and there's like some back and forth, some petty back and forth, which is what we are here for. Um, Saudi Arabia reportedly tried to buy Formula One. FIA president warns against overvaluing series. News recently emerged that Formula One nearly had a new owner. And surprise, it was Saudi Arabia who tried to buy the series because Saudi Arabia is trying to buy everything. Everything. As it stands, Formula One is owned by Liberty Media, which also has ownerships in Sirius XM and the Atlanta Braves. Okay, so Liberty bought the series in two, in 2016 for $4.4 billion. And according to Bloomberg, Liberty Media tur- just turned down a $16 billion pound, so just shy of $20 billion, offer from Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, which also bankrolls Live Golf and has a controlling stake in the Premier League side, Newcastle United. So... Um, basically Liberty media said, no, they were unwilling to say it to sell, but the drama came in because Mohammed Ben Suleiman, 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 sorry, I'm having a Shannon moment. Yeah. I was going to say, Shannon, what are you doing over there? Um, also, okay. He came out on Twitter and said, as the custodians of motorsport, the FIA as a nonprofit organization is cautious about alleged inflated price tags of $20 billion being put on F1. Any potential buyer is advised to apply common sense, consider the greater good of the sport, and come with a clear, sustainable plan, not just a lot of money. It is our duty to consider what the future impact will be for promoters in terms of increased hosting fees and other commercial costs and any adverse impact that it could have on fans. Okay, I know we generally hate the FIA, but I'm going to give him a like a collapse on this one because basically what he's saying in the Cliff's Notes version is that if if this is how much is we're going to value the series at, then it, all the tickets are going to be higher. All the like rights to everything is going to be higher. And we're going to basically price out the casual fan, which Shannon and I have been to a race and I feel like I needed to get a second mortgage on my house just to go like and have a good time. And that was like not the most expensive one. So yeah, we're going to talk about the changes this- making to Miami. Exactly. We've been saying this for over a year. Like this is like you're starting to price out these fans and it's like, uh, it's not fun anymore. Stop it. <laughs> But yeah, so basically this is a move I think that he's saying to keep the prices low enough for, I mean, not low enough, but just like accessible to the common fan. And I think that's been like, you know, that's basically what he's saying. But that made F1 very angry. (laughs) (laughs) And so to follow that up, F1 bosses have sent an incendiary letter to the FIA following a claim that is not worth $20 billion. FIA's general counsel, Sasha Woodward-Hill, and Renee Wilm, chief legal and administrative officer at Liberty Media, uh, of Liberty Media Corporation, F1's controlling shareholder, have accused the FIA, motorsports governing body, of straying beyond its remit in a letter seen by Sky News. Basically, they said, watch your fucking mouth. Right. (laughs) Because if you make it that we can't sell this for what we think it is, we're going to come to you and ask for the money, is basically what they said. 
They said it is added that Mr. Suliam had overstepped the bounds of the FIA's remit, saying that any individual organization commenting on the value of a listed entity or its subsidiaries, especially claiming or implying possession of inside knowledge while doing so, risks causing substantial damage to the shareholders and investors Ooh. of that entity, not to mention potential exposure to serious regulatory consequences. <laughs> they basically uh, said, keep our names out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's the pettiness going on between FIA and F1, which I mean, they're just, it's always never stops. Yeah. It Hashtag never, stops. never ends. Never. End. Um, one name I'd like to keep out of my mouth, but keeps popping up in our news and notes. Horner opens up on whether Ricardo could return to a Red Bull race seat in the future. Red Bull team principal Christian Horner hopes that Daniel Ricardo's team time with the team in 2023 will help him re- rediscover his passion for the sport, but says his team currently has no plans to offer the Australian racer a full-time race seat. <laughs> basically they said well he's just here to make appearances and that's about it they and i said this last season or the end of the season they needed this because they were in the midst of a civil war in their own house and they needed somebody to like a media superstar to come in and save the day and that's why they gave daddy ricardo that seat Basically, he's, I mean, that's essentially what happened. They said they also need someone to just show up at like sponsor events because they know that Checo and, and, uh, and Max, Max are not, aren't going like, to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said, I think Daniel had fallen out of love a bit with Formula One. He's had a couple really tough seasons, particularly in 2022. For him to play a supporting role to the race drivers as our third driver, both back here in the factory and at events with all the commercial partners we have as one of the most recognizable faces currently in and around Formula One. For us, it made a lot of sense. They basically hired him to just go and shake hands and smile and do his dopey accent. (laughs) His dopey accent? That's just how he talks, Daniel. It's not like he has a choice. Now, I know. Is he choosing to have a dopey? I have a dopey accent, accent too. <laughs> yes, but his Australian accent is endearing and authentic and adorable. I feel like sometimes he oversells it. I don't think like when he does an interview, like when he's talking regularly, it's fine. I think sometimes he he really yucks it up a little bit. Like I think he like throws it, makes it a little bit more as like we would do say a little more twangy. Like I think he adds a little. Special I think sauce on sometimes it. when you get nervous, you default to what you know. So maybe that's when he goes deep into the the outback when he's a little nervous in an interview. I get a little twangy and Southern when I get a little nervous. Or if I get okay. heated, the Southern just comes running out. Okay, I understand. Horner also provided insight into what Ricardo will be doing for the reigning Constructors Champions this year. Revealing that while his responsibilities will include a lot of work at the factory, fans could expect to see him around the paddock in 2023. Quote, Daniel will be attending some races, said Horner. Obviously, he will be our reserve driver for those events. He will probably do some tire testing for us to help out with the Pirelli program that gets distributed around the teams. He'll be doing some work in a simulator. And then, of course, with the commercial demands that we have from the myriad of sponsors and partners that we have, particularly with a much bigger presence in the U.S., where Daniel is now predominantly based with three Grand Prix there next year, he's going to have a busy agenda for the season ahead. So get ready to see Daniel Ricciardo just shaking hands, kissing babies. Totally fine with that. Totally fine with it. Just Just keep that face in front view. That's all we need. Is it all we need? That's all we need. (laughs) 
Okay. And then speaking of how expensive it is to go to a race, (laughs) um, (laughs) Miami, just the track at Miami is now like the track is to be resurfaced and the paddock will be moved inside hard rock stadium for the 2023 Miami GP organizers reveal. Um, if you're, you know, I'll post this on our stories, but they have some renderings out of what, so they're basically putting it on the football field on the pitch, as it says in this F1.com article. Um, but basically they have moved all of the uh, like team areas into onto the football field and you can buy, you can buy these club tickets, like general admission club tickets, where you can basically go to the top of the stadium and look down into it, but you like won't have access to it, obviously, because they're for like the teams and like hospitality. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just so, I don't know. Miami just sounds like it's a mess. <laughs> I mean, it does seem like a mess. They are re um, repaving it. Because remember, we talked about, we heard about yeah. how the, yeah. So like gritty, right? Yeah. yeah. So this all new team village will be located on the pitch inside the stadium, housing the hospitality units for all F1 teams and freeing up space in the original paddock. Meanwhile, organizers have promised that fans who purchase general admission campus pass tickets will be able to access the 300 level of Hard Rock Stadium, which is the tippity top and look down into the village. So they're like, you can't get anywhere close to it. We won't even let you in the hundred right. level. You just have to like throw your cup from the top stairs, like to go to the very top of the stadium and look down. It does look very nice, but it's not for normies. I'm just starting to feel like the only race that we're going to get to in the States is Coda. And not that it's, I I liked Coda. It was fun. Me too. Good time, you know, but like you can't afford to get to Las Vegas. Um, No, we need to sell a kidney you know, from the 300 level of the upper deck in the Miami stadium. Like, uh, this isn't fun for me. Sorry guys. No. And the crazy thing is that they had 250,000 people there last year over the course of what four days. Yeah. They're (laughs) listen to this quote with new and enhanced hospitality experiences, the creation of the F1 team village directly on the football field and increased capacity, (gasps) how more people, I already no. heard it was kind of, we, I mean, we heard from Andy. I have a friend that went and was like, said it was kind of a mess, like, and they're going to have even more people there. That's insane. It's too many people. That's too many people. I don't love that. Oh, thank um, you. And it's not like Coda probably where it's all as spread out. Like it's, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I've been to the stadium, so, okay. And then let's end with a note that will have you, you know, getting a little bit hot and about oh boy what do you got no no no. it's not bad it's not bad okay (laughs) but i'm just saying it's gonna set you off on a a human rights group says formula one's governing body the fia is quote suppressing drivers freedom of speech with a rule introduced this year we've talked about this i think already a little bit but the bahrain institute for rights and democracy has questioned the fia's commitment to human rights bird says the new rule stops drivers from making their voices heard on issues including human rights and racism and the group has suggested the rule appears to be a reaction to lewis hamilton raising such concerns but um in this this like latest news is that this group has sent a letter to the fia and copied all of f1's commercial rights holders basically saying that that this is some bullshit and that if basically says if we were going to take out all the Russian drivers and we're going to make a stance against the Russian war against Ukraine. Why are we not also holding like these Saudi Arabian uh, countries yeah. accountable? And why are we not letting people speak out on it? So the letter um, addressed to FIA president and copied to F1's commercial rights holders 
Contrast the rule of last year's decision to cancel the contract of the Russian Grand Prix. It believes there is a contradiction between F1's treatment of Russia's war with Ukraine and the involvement of Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, and the United Arab Emirates, which all hold Grand Prix. All hold Grand Prix. Um, so, and they in a war with Yemen, with Yemen. So, and they basically said he's used his Lewis Hamilton has used his platform. And why can he speak out against Russia? And like, why can the whole we can say all that stuff and we can't say anything about? these Saudi Arabian countries and Black Lives Matter. So I agree with that. I I yeah. think that they have every right to say this. And when they're like, keep your politics out of these sports, I'm like, no, because the politics are what are is in, yeah. are, are so woven into the tapestry of sports that you can't get out of it. If you if you really cared, then you would let them speak out against these countries that have ginormous money and stakeholders in this sport. But you're not gonna because they have too much money involved. So you're like, okay. You, we don't have to well, say Well, yeah, anything. they're trying to buy the whole... Yeah, exactly. The whole F1. That sounds like a terrible idea. So... Yeah. Oh, I I do get fired up about that because I'm like, it's this is not... You can't say, like, we don't want political statements when it is legit woven into the fabric of your sport. Well, and also it's woven into, like, the world. I mean, yeah. we can't escape these things. The FIA, or, I mean, the F1 itself did the whole... Um, the whole campaign, like we racist one. So right. Like that's a, I mean, ultimately a political statement. I mean, not necessarily political, but it was in response to a political issue with the black lives yeah. matter movement and all of that. So we can't say it wasn't, it was de- certainly fueled or like, yes. Ignited by, by that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, and you get, you look at like the politics of like what it takes to logistically get these the operations from country to country. I mean, there's politics involved in that. There's politics involved in the parts, the labor, the gas. I mean, there's, it's everywhere. So I'm like, that's just, it's a mute point to say you don't want politics involved in this because you can't escape it. And I can maybe understand if they don't want somebody to wear certain things, like maybe on the track, but it shouldn't limit them from being able to sit, like wear what they want in yeah. media opportunities or in the paddock area. Like I can maybe understand them controlling the actual track, like maybe they don't want you wearing a shirt, like right after the race, but like, if you're in the media room or you're anywhere else, I think that that's like absurd. I agree. I mean, there's gotta be a point where, you know, you let these drivers say what they want to say and they have their own personality. Ha- exactly. I mean, they're going to use their platforms to talk about it anyway, but I mean, I don't know. I, I, I mean, think like, what is call. it? I just think that if, if you wanted to do it, like I get, the way sports are with uniforms and things like that. Like it can't be on the grid or it can't be on the actual track, but like outside in the paddock areas and any of that, I think like all that stuff is. I agree. But, but I guess maybe that's what they're saying. It's directed at the wearing of clothing, bearing campaign statements on the podium or before the race. I think on the podium is different too, because it's like not, I think they should be able to wear whatever they want on the podium. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Sebastian Vettel came under fire with this too because he would yeah. wear a lot of things about climate change and, you know, was a rights activist. Yeah, an so LGBTQIA it, yeah. activist plus yes. this one. Um, <laughs> I think I got them all. Plus 44. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like they, yeah, I mean, I think that it's, they should be allowed to say what they want to say. I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But, and so does uh, this, which I was surprised that this thing is in Bahrain, but anyway, so. Okay. There we go. All right. Um, I have one last thing and it's very quick. Okay. Because I feel like we can't not talk about Max. 
Oh, gosh. What is he dead now? What's he doing? Nick DeVries reveals how older brother like Verstappen offered support ahead of Monza debut. debut. <laughs> Uh, Nick DeVries was thrown in at the deep end of last year's Italian Grand Prix when he was called up at the last minute to make his Formula One debut just hours before qualifying got underway. But he revealed that he had help and support from compatriot and two-time Formula One champion Max Verstappen as he geared up to hit the track. Um, he was basically on the Beyond the Grid podcast and said that they've known each other since they were kids. They grew up in the same era of racing and um, that they that he reached out to him and um but it's, I didn't realize that Nick Max is two years younger than Nick DeVries. So it's kind of like a weird thing that he like yeah. was like an older brother, but like reversed. So, <laughs> um, he's, but he said he was very kind and very supportive. So this must be part of, you know, Max Verstappen's PR campaign. It's not, I'm just joking, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, he also said that he got texts from George Russell and Lewis Hamilton that were also supportive of him. Um, but I guess he just went above and beyond to talk about his boy. Well, Max. I feel like Nick DeVries is one of those kids that's going to latch his star or his uh, his coattails to whatever star is shining brightest at the moment. So. Oh, you already caught it out for Nick DeVries? Yeah, I, I swear when I did that little like F1 characters that resemble Christmas movie characters and he popped up as the weasel from the Christmas story, I was like, that's that's him. That is that kid for sure. And now yeah, I can't turned on him it, already. And I think he's a weasel. I, I, and I, I can't find where I saw this. This came in my normal feed, not my F1 feed, but it was saying that he nicked is being sued by one of his sponsors because of some money that he apparently owes allegedly, them. allegedly, they, allegedly, yeah, allegedly, <laughs> he allegedly owes them. So he's getting sued. Um, so I don't know. I'll have to, I'll find where I found that, but I was like, ah, oh, see that just that didn't surprise me <laughs> the kid has raced one race just as a backup and you've already turned but on I, him no, i i have a problem because does he just have like everybody's team shirt in his wardrobe and he yeah. just like just He's just like tell me which one to wear yeah like i'm gonna be on this team no i'm gonna be on this team no i'm getting calls from this guy so now i'm gonna switch like i don't it's know. like when the kids commit for college football and they have all the hats in front yes. of him that's what his closet that's looks like. what his closet looks like exactly so I don't know. He just is one of those, like, I'm going to keep well, my eye on this kid. Shannon's calling it before the season starts. He's going to be her exactly. new George Russell and Lando <laughs> Norris. Where do you think he's going to fall into your hatred tree of those two? Not hate. Well, your hater, your hater hate ranking. Well, here's he's, I don't know. Cause he hasn't come for my boy yet. So he's, he's, oh, he's on standings alone at this point, let her off the track. Excuse me, but if he starts getting some willy nilly antics on the track and he comes for my boy, then then <laughs> I'm gonna have some things to say. Oh, uh, so the first time he crashes into Lewis Hamilton, he's dead to you. Yep. Okay. Good gonna to get know. me a shovel and just pitch that grave, baby. Woo. Digging deep. <laughs> well, you heard it here first, guys. That's who Shannon's got it out for in the 2023 <laughs> season. She come in for him. Um, yep. but yeah, well, that was a good we're getting back in the hang of things. Yay. I mean, I got to fix my audio quality over here. I have some internet yeah. issues, but we will, uh, we will get that all sorted out for our next episode. Exactly. But we're back. We're back guys. We're back. And we're going to be coming in hot with some Logan Sargent deep dives. Um, been doing a little light skimming or snorkeling as they say, um, on him. So want to get to know him a little bit more. I will also do a little deep dive on Nick DeFries. Cause I'd like to know more about him and, you know, areas of weakness. She'd so. like to know it. 
Also going to be doing a, a swift um, review of the updated rules and regs. Yeah. So you can holler at your girl if you know of anything or if there's anything you want me to check on, let me know. Yeah, we're in the we're in the closing week. So we our first race is the first week of March. So yeah, and we're getting like reveals, right? Like that's happening. Yeah, in, that's happening in soon. soon. Yes. And I the have calendar to ask my set, oldest so. daughter. She has them all uh, notified in her phone when oh, okay. each team. Well, I'm maybe like, oh, she okay. could. Maybe Thanks. she could record a little like correspondence for us. She oh she she can't oh. record live with us, but she could maybe drop yeah. in. We can have a correspondent. She's, she's gotten real into things. She's really into. It. She's actually who broke the news to me about the paddock being changed um, in Miami. I was like, oh, what? are you serious? That's she's new like, news. Yeah, mom. And I was like, oh. Oh, okay. she signed up okay. for those Formula One dot com alerts. Yes, she got them on her phone. She checks those before she checks my texts. And I was like, could you flop that? Do you mind? Because yeah, sometimes yeah. I need to tell you things. <laughs> you know, some we gotta place priorities in our lives. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm below F1. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're gonna get back on um uh, back on our grid on IG. So come follow us there at F1 Push Push. We're on the talks at the same F1 Push Push, and we are on Twitter at F1 Push Push Pod. That's really more of a game day experience um mm-hmm. for me to let my frustrations out, but head over there too. <laughs> And follow us. Uh, (laughs) It would make us happier than two girls with tickets to the paddock in Miami. So uh, um, just (laughs) hit that follow button. And until next time, push, push. Push, push.